0: And AIA Australia, helping your clients in their time of need is our number one priority. In 2016, we paid over $1.15 billion in claims to both retail and group members. That's over $4.5 million every working day. To offer your clients cover you can trust, chat to your AIA CDM today. All right. Uh, g'day, g'day. Um, how's it going? What do you know? Strike a light. Simon O'Dell, what's going on, mate? Not much, Ryan. Pleasure to have you in. Good to see you. Yes. Um, So to to give you guys a a little bit of a a heads up, uh, pretty cool um, GI, the general insurance business actually. So first of all, uh, he's got this cool thing, startup, been around for a couple of years though, uh, InsureTech, which uh, when you're in the startup world, is uh, is all all the cool names get thrown around. I'm I'm FinTech apparently, uh, but insurance technology called Mana and also a part of InsureTech Australia, right? Yeah. Yep, which is very cool. And, but you've had uh, Eagle Insurance Brokers for a little while, H- how long now?
1: Um, we've had that insurance broking business for um, almost two years. Okay. I was originally through a different licensee transferred across to Eagle. Oh, uh, yeah. I brought in an equity partner, so um, it's a really good mix. Yep. Um, but I'm part of the Steadfast group. Um, so right. Steadfast, or a classic that represents a lot of different broking firms.
0: So the, is that like a licensee?
1: Yeah, similar eagle of the licensee. Oh, okay, cool. And then steadfast like an association, uh, and they get all their members and say, "Look how much volume we've got. Let's use economies of scale, right? Leverage, um, yeah, customer centric um, yeah. features for for the breaking firm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we, we were introduced a week ago or so, yeah. um, ago. So through Adrian Paddy, X Y Advisor. He's yeah. he's 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 a is a man of many businesses. <laughs> Oh, nice. put it, <laughs> we put it that way, yeah. and, um, and and in during his setting up of his 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 latest uh, expose, um, he came across you guys because is it because he's looking to get into GI? Was that sort of how you guys were introduced?
1: Yeah, um, he put an ad out on Facebook, right. um, a post on Facebook, asking his network if he knew of any gun brokers, as he put it. Right, and um, someone mentioned my name. Um, rookie.
0: rookie. Yeah.
1: yeah. So anyway, he got in touch with me. I didn't know what he what he wanted, but I said, yeah. Probably no, a no, lot. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a <laughs> lot. Knowing Paddy. Yeah. Know that I've known him for a few weeks. Um, so it turns out that he lives at the other end of Coogee. In yes. Sydney here. And I yeah. live at the other end. Yeah. Um, so we caught up at the pavilion halfway. And yeah, he basically just said that he's getting a lot of feedback from fin feed planners and his network, um, that they're looking to... Increase their, the scope of their offering to incorporate general insurance. Mm. Um, it, it makes sense um, once you get a mature portfolio of business, whether you're an accountant or a, a law firm or a fin planner or an insurance broker. Mm. You generally look to new new revenue streams, and I think that's what he was thinking, and that's the feedback he was getting. So yes. he's reached out to me just to explore explore what that could look like. Yeah, yep. Um, and given, I guess. Um, on paper, he's been able to say that I've started a couple of businesses recently and um, quite successfully, so yeah probably recognize that and he's wanting to see what we can collaborate on.
0: Yeah, cool, because something that I've noticed about financial planning uh, over the last couple years is this amalgamation of professional services and we were talking about that and I guess that's sort of why uh, you guys were talking in the first place in that uh, a lot of financial planners are doing Mortgages now, and they're already doing insurance, right? So, the, yep. so life insurance is the, the bread and butter has been of the industry, the backbone, really. It's where financial planning came out of, and so um, so general insurance is not too big of a jump to to what uh, what advisors are already doing, and is another potential um, income source or another lateral business opportunity. That, um, that's available to, to yeah.
1: financial planners.
0: Now, we were having a chat and you were saying life insurance is actually more difficult than general insurance.
1: Yeah, I find it more difficult. Um, it could be because I'm on the GI, general insurance side of the fence as opposed to life. Yep. Um, I guess life insurance is, more, is subject to more regulation mm-hmm. um, and therefore there's more red tape in the process of the, from the first engagement with the customer through to binding a policy and getting the deal done, essentially. Yep. Um, it's a lot of red tape with general insurance. Um, if you said to me now, can I please have a professional identity insurance policy? I'd get out my laptop and we could buy a policy, buy and cover on policy. Yeah. Um, and get it paid and done within, within five minutes.
0: No um, document?
1: You'd have to sign something. So there the are the still requirements. Sure. Yeah, you'd have to. Um, electronically um, complete a proposal form, yep. uh, meeting your duty of disclosure to the insurer. Okay. There's yep. nothing that can't be achieved in five minutes. There's like there's no medicals and there's no, all this other stuff. Oh my God. Uh, so I feel for of people dealing in the life space. <laughs> um, but given the, um, yeah, how quickly you can bind insurance policies, as long as you do it right, like you're providing yep. the advice, yep. um, it's, it's a fairly accessible new revenue stream, I guess, to people who are already familiar with the insurance based in, the, in, in life insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, what would you say is, the, so let's say there's an advisor listening today. Um, what would you say is the best way for them to, to get, like, to learn more? Let, let's say before they even wanna get started, yeah. what, what
1: should be the very first thing that they do? That's a very good question um so there's a couple of resources that we use as, yep. as general insurance brokers everyone in the general insurance space is familiar with the what we call the Yoda of general insurance which is alan Menin. <laughs> alan menning he's the guy he's been around for a long time Everyone respects him um a lot he's He's the guru, in other words, okay. Um, so he's got an organization, him and his son Steve, and a few others, um, run an organization called LMI Group. LMI, LMI Group. So they're the um, they're a technical resource that mm-hmm. provide insurance brokers with a lot, a lot of knowledge, um, and help us to understand the general risk exposures associated with the different occupations. right? Um, so that helps us give advice, yep. Um, if we're unfamiliar with a particular risk or um, lack an experience in a certain area. In addition to that, um, you can peruse LMI Group's website. Um, it's not hard to find via Google. Um,
0: does it stand for anything?
1: LMI, good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, ANZ does. That's another acronym. ANZIF, um Australian New Zealand Institute of Finance. Okay, cool. Um, I hope I got that right. Um, they're a really good organisation. They've kind of taken up the number one spot as the educator yep. um, for for uh, pro- issuing certifications to insurance brokers and, and professionals. So there's, generally there's a tier two um, compliance, which is your entry level compliance that doesn't enable you to give advice, but that enables you to work in the space. Um, you can complete that over a weekend. Right, and what, what's considered advice? Um, so there's multiple different types of advice. It's not as, um, with, Life insurance have to do statements of advice. Yes, um, and if we deal in that space, we have to do the same thing. Yes, um, with the advisors or with the clients in the general insurance space. Yeah, um, we issue a general advice warning. Okay, um, which is basically a document saying that. Um, We've, that's for retail customers, we've taken in, we haven't really taken in your personal circumstances into consideration, blah, blah, blah mm-hmm. Um, but there's different levels of advice that we give, ranging from someone that comes, depending on the product that we recommend, yep. so people that come into the space and they say, oh, I just bought a car insurance for my car, then we um, give them, a certain amount of service. If someone comes along and says, I've got a manufacturing plant, I've got operations in Asia, and South America, and Australia, that's obviously a different kettle of fish. Yes. And we have to roll out a different service to, to those types of customers. Oh, okay, cool. Which is much more advice oriented, um, get to know their risk very intimately and, and tailor the service. Okay, that
0: yeah. that, that makes sense. Um, and so, do you have to produce a statement of advice? Or is it just more oral and over email?
1: Yeah. it's. Um, when we issue invoices, the system that we use, which is um, actually Ebig software, that's the name of the company. Yep. Um, that provides us with an opportunity to insert general advice, warnings, or statements of advice into um, the transaction, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't affect the mm-hmm. lead time. So basically, in terms of completing the sale. So basically. Um, to a a business now. Yep. Um, Taking your personal circumstances into consideration, if we're talking about professional indemnity insurance and so on. Yes. Um, and I need to provide you with the relevant um, documentation to support that. Yep. Um, through the, through that transaction, but it's it's quite simple and automated. Right. So, so it, it out comes the invoice and and the advice supporting documentation. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. The advice is verbal, but we always like to back up in writing. Sure. Um, so usually if I'm going to recommend a product to you, mm. um, I'd preferably for the sake of being a diligent operator, I'll provide that to you in writing, yep. and say, um, we've approached the market on your behalf, yes. based on the information that you've provided us and the feedback from the market or so on, um, we recommend placing cover with X insurer yep. um, based on our evaluation of the market, yep. um, for reasons X, Y, and Z, it might be more uh, suitable for your solution um, or it has to be more suitable for your situation. Yep. Um, then we take price into consideration as well as terms and the insurance credit rating and so on. Yep. Um, yeah, and then you're, you're on your way.
0: Yeah, right. But what, what's what's a really good revenue earner for a general insurance broker? I'd imagine it'd be large businesses or... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so it's key for an insurance broker... It's a good question. It's key for an insurance broker um, to have different service agreements right or different tiers of service in. So for example, um, if a lot of the bread and butter clients that come through, mm. you'll get a call from someone saying, oh, I just spoke to Bob, he's a client of yours. Um, can you organise some liability insurance for me? Just something simple. Sure. You might end up punching out a premium of seven hundred dollars. Yep. And you might charge you'll get a bit of commission on the premium for that. Yep. You charge a fee on top and you might bring in anywhere from ten to twenty of the premium payable or the total payable yep. will be your income yep um, so you might get a hundred dollars or something for that. sure um, so it's just a matter of large like, efficient get it mm. done get it out the door make sure you're putting the right advice obviously in the right service yep um, but just get it out the door so that you've still got that margin there yes um, so with a fin planner Um, That would be looking to get into um, the general insurance space or for breaking firms like mine that are quite small Mm. I've got clients that pay premiums of a couple of hundred thousand dollars per year. Yeah, right Yeah down to the more see it's the old 80-20 rule 80% of our business um, Would be worth Individual clients would be worth. I think the average is probably about a thousand dollars income to me to service them. Per year? Yeah, yeah nice Um, and then it goes and it goes up from there. But then that's obviously the average. Um, what, what's what's the ongoing requirements from
0: you? Do you have to, do you have to? Let uh, me think about this. Do you have to do annual reviews, or do you have to do documentation, or how does it work?
1: Yep. So the the policy period is twelve months. Yep. So during that twelve months, we have to manage claims, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of well. That's kind of when you could say that the insurance policy becomes tangible when someone actually needs the claim and they get some value from it, yep. in addition to just having a subjective protection. Yep. Um, so that's, a lot of brokers get a bit of a kick out of that. And whilst it takes up time, it's good to get in there and see the policy wording um, work and make sure it works as per expectations. Yep. Um, and years of managing claims makes us very conscious of the terms of insurance within policy where in making sure we're recommending the right products.
0: Do you get paid to manage a claim?
1: Uh, most businesses don't have an additional fee. They have a model where they don't have an additional fee for managing claims. Right, It's just part of the fee that you charge, attached to the premium that they pay at the start of the year. Yep. Then at the end of the year, um, you go through a similar process again. So sure. it's about understanding at the start of the policy period, very clearly what the, the client's operations are, what their risk exposures are, yep. very holistically. Yep. Um, and making sure the client knows to keep you up to date. So there's certain things that happen throughout the year that they don't need to inform you about per the duty of disclosure, like just fluctuations in revenue, that would have within 30% or whatever. Yep. Um, but if, um, things happen like all of a sudden they start exporting overseas their products or their activities change, then they should disclose that to you. So it's important that that dialogue is open and they know that that should be open.
0: Right, okay. Yeah. Um, so it, there wouldn't be much revenue or there wouldn't be a lot of need from say individual employees, would there?
1: Um, in terms of insurance coming through? Yeah. Um, yeah, good question. So with some, with some businesses, yes. Um, okay. Medical specialists, Right, I'm uh, big on that. So, right, once the medical specialists, for whatever reason, they yep. develop trust, or well, not for whatever reason, they call it, <laughs> <laughs> once <laughs> they've been suck it in, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, medical specialists, for whatever reason, that profession in particular, yes. when they develop trust in you for legitimate reasons, yes. um, I don't know, they understand that good service providers, yep. Few and far between, and then all of a sudden, the uh, brother will be giving you a call. Yeah, um, they're, they're this and they're that, so they're a really good referral source. So, right. whether it's their staff or people within their network, generally, mm. some occupations do lend to being a good referral base, I guess. Yeah, okay. And and is it
0: so an average GP needs their own indemnity insurance or something? Do they?
1: Yeah, um, okay. So, medical specialists they'll either go direct or via a broker, yeah. Um, for their medical malpractice insurance, so plastic right. surgeons in there, and he makes a mistake or whatever, yeah, and something happens, he needs insurance for that. So there's bespoke insurers for that type of risk,
0: right? And and obviously, as a financial advisor, if you're if you're getting referrals into the medical field, that that's a, that's a great, yeah, source of uh, further value that you can add to their life. Yeah, good call, yeah. On,
1: definitely. Um, picking up on a point you said earlier about fin planners and anyone in the financial space, trying to create a full suite well, one-stop shop solution where they might want to bolt on accounting, financial planning, and everything else. I guess that is, um, in part, I think, being driven by the evolving characteristics of the consumer, they just want a one-stop shop, they Mm. develop a trusted relationship, um, they want to be able to enter into a partnership with someone that they trust and yes. um, have transparency in the service and the fee um, structure. Yep. Um, and just kind of not set it and forget, but just have it with someone that they trust and know that they'll get to them whenever they need to, and so forth, and have annual reviews and such things. Yes. Um, so I think that yeah, in part, that's been driven by the consumer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, this manner, this this uh, this insuretech is that something advisors can use, or is that specifically for GI brokers?
1: That's specifically for GI brokers? Yep. So, um, fin planners get in the GI breaking space? Right. Or other um, GI brokers? Yep. It's very handy for, actually, for new entrants into the broking market because what it does is you enter information and it will tell you the most suitable underwriters in the market to go and approach. Right. Um, So, currently, insurance brokers Spend we quantified fifty-six million dollars per year, data day in resources mm-hmm. just finding which underwriters are the most suitable, and they do that by canvassing different websites. So I'll go to QBE's website and see "Oh man, it's ridiculous." So, Manner is a search engine and instantly tells you, based on the information you type in, yeah. which underwriters to approach. So, company into that space that doesn't have experience. It's, yes, um, you got a client on the phone saying, so "I don't need professional to have any insurance." You can instantly connect with the right underwriters, and through the quote, and get the get the job done. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. It, so, in the financial planning business, that that sort of stuff's been around for a while. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. So, you, you would say, uh, you know, I want X, Y, Z type of cover, and then you know, there's programs out there that actually cut out pieces from the product disclosure statement and give you the the wow. rulings and. Um, it's kind of it's weird actually that it's taken so long for someone to come along and provide something like this. I agree. Yeah, it <laughs> is. And is that why you built it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the general insurance industry, particularly the AT- intermediated component of it, so not the direct channel from the insurer to the consumer, the, yeah. the, the part where the broker is involved. Yep. Um, that's for whatever reason, and I won't say this in the reasons why sure. I think <laughs> <laughs> it just hasn't innovated. Been very right. really poor in that regard, right? generally speaking, right. Um, and that's one evidence um, of that, right? Two other, and you know, the US is similar actually. Um, the US are a bit ahead of us in terms of technology. And applied systems, yep, in, like two hours, in the last 18 months, two years to 18 months, and they've been bought out by the big players over there. Whoa, and bolted it onto their, their, so, their yeah, their services. Right. so yeah. is that what you're looking to do? Um, the next 25 <laughs> years,
0: <laughs> mate, it, the, the startup world is um, actually the next XY event that's coming up on the 23rd of November. Um, is going to be held here at Stone and Chalk. Uh, it's, it's going to be called. Uh, it's like Silicon Valley on Bridge Street. Okay. Oh mate. great names, right? No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, could, so just quickly, we'll duck into that. How, how how have you found the whole startup world?
1: Um, interesting. Yeah. I think people romanticise it a lot. Yeah. I'm a little bit more old school in the way that if I want to take something to market, I'll go to the shed, build a prototype, so take it to market. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But people. People probably spend too much, too long in the startup ecosystem. Yes. Because it's an institution, it's a community, and it's something in and of itself that yeah. is just around this culture, and it, it's addictive, I mean. It's, it's weird
0: though, isn't it? It's, very weird. It's weird, people are definitely attracted to the, I wanna wear sneakers. Exactly. And, and like strive to get somewhere, yes, exactly. rather than just, Get, no, yeah, I mean, just be just, exactly. just like get through the startup phase really quick because yeah. because you're not earning any or well, if any income Excellent. at that point. So yeah, move past on. that. The startup phase is isn't yeah. It's kind of a, it's become a subculture, isn't it? The big time.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah,
0: start-up. I was actually really worried about coming into Stone and Chalk that I would get sucked into it. Yeah, but uh, um, <laughs> you know, i was in for into while I as yet haven't started just relaxing in the, the pods, drinking kombucha. Yeah. they, they <laughs> hasn't
1: gotten to that point yet, it's thank while, God. Yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting um, ecosystem. And if you look at Sydney, if you travel around a bit and see the those ecosystems in the US, which are very much more mature than the one in well, Singapore and Tel Aviv started it probably 20 years ago where the government Whoa. pumped a lot of money. Into um, providing these incentives for the startup community and um, startup yeah, grants right. and things, um, and then so yeah, it's been around for about twenty years, but it's only really taken off in recent years in say New York and um, yeah. and Silicon Valley's been around for a while as well. Yes, um, but um, Sydney and 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 London and so on. Um, but the different ecosystems have different characteristics. So if you want, right, and uh, it's interesting to note that and. Um, If you think about setting up an optimal business, you'd probably have your your dev team in Tel Aviv slash Silicon Valley. Um, You'd have, um, I don't know, Australia have got their own characteristics as well. Yep. Um, Apparently, players in in Tel Aviv, go back to Israel again, uh, really look to Australians as a strength for taking products to market. So the, the, yeah right. The, yeah so people in Tel Aviv they're really good technically and they're really good at creating um, products and yep. dev and things like that, AI. Yeah. Um, but Australians are known as been really good um wheelers and dealers and battlers and getting right. it right.
0: Well it's interesting because I know Australia has two straight statistics. We have a very low dollar per head Invest like VC investment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so we were like, very small. Like yeah. I think oh, only a handful of percent compared to the US. So there's yeah. a lot less money uh, getting invested here. But we have a we have a over average entrepreneurial from a service So so there's a lot of small business owners in the service yeah. space. So we're quite entrepreneurial. Yeah. But in Australia, it's service or nothing. So to hang your shingle yeah, right, and okay. say I do this for my time yeah, sure. in my field of expertise, yeah, there but there's not a lot of products being built. So yeah, it, yeah it's kind of interesting to hear that we can we can get the shit done and we can go to market. Um, but where, yes, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but I, I, I can kind of see that it is growing. It yeah. is slowly growing. So for example, and we don't need to go into it too much, but you already had some early success with funding. Yep. Um, and, and so it's not impossible. No, it's not. It's not impossible to achieve.
1: Yeah, no, it's not at all. And I think one thing that I've learned is good to go incrementally with funding. So you yeah. do your FFF around your friends, families, and fools. Yeah. And then you go through <laughs> to the next stage and you do a seed. While yeah. We're doing the seed at the moment. Right. Um, so we self funded them. We did FFF and we're doing a yeah. seed. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. And $1,000 in the US is like, $10 here. It's, like, it's, hard. It's, it's hard to get money over here. Yeah. There's a lot of capital over there. Yes. Um, yeah, so it, it's an interesting scene. Um, and I was going to say something about the, the entrepreneurs. That's right. Australia, to your point, Australian startups, there's actually 18 um, tables that you can jump online and see CV Insights, and there's another Gina think it is. Right. Publish reports and they rate this ecosystems. Yep. Australia always rates very highly for talent, as you say. Yeah, okay. Very cool. high for talent. Yeah. And we're number one unofficially for government support now.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. The there government
1: are go. killing it. They're um, through their pad programs, both well, through the, um, the Department of Industry at the state level, yep. just across here at Macquarie Strait. Um, yeah, right. And also federally. Yeah, because. Uh,
0: Did you get a twenty five thousand dollar? Yeah, you you got that. Yeah, because I sent an email and then they they wrote back to me after a week and they they said, "Oh, we'll come back to you in about a month." Oh, really? So I'm like,
1: "Yeah,
0: give me my twenty (laughs) five (laughs) k, baby." Yeah,
1: Um, just dealing with government bit of bureaucracy there, but yeah, um, yeah, it takes a little bit of time, but they've been really good in terms of um, backing it up. Because there's twenty five,
0: and then there's another one, right? For two fifty, yeah. Yeah, right.
1: Have you you applied for that one? not yet, no. okay. but it's on the agenda. Yeah, and then yeah.
0: there's a third one which is like up to a million, right? Really,
1: wow, the, that's huge.
0: The, um, but you have to be doing something really unique. It's normally, yeah. um, pharmaceuticals are, are getting that kind of thing. They'll yeah, basically match any funding you get. So okay. if you raise a million bucks, they can, they'll can up to match a million bucks, wow. which is massive, right? Yeah,
1: that's huge. No. I know this one where they'll match dollar for dollar. I think that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably that yeah, one. The core of a K. You can- Sorry, oh, okay. 250000 grand if you partner with an, an Israeli firm. What? Yes. Yeah. So you're talking about us, the Australians, um, being good with the commercialisation, going to market, yeah. service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not so much on the dev. So you can offshore the dev <laughs> to Tel Aviv. Yeah, right. And they'll throw in 250 I'm pretty sure it's a dollar for dollar scenario. My God. Yeah. So there's that we went to. Um, Matteo, one of our co-founders, and I went to Tel Aviv on the. What's his name Matteo? Matteo, yeah. I love that name. That's a good name. It's like
0: Italian Matthew, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's the best. But the Italians are too good for Matthew, it's Matteo. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a very stylish guy. Oh, uh, of
0: course he is. Yeah,
1: he's, he sets the standard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they flew us over to Tel Aviv for the landing pad program, which is really good. And it was yeah, interesting, right. it's like we went to... Um, the ex presidents place for a party on the beach and there's like James Parker and... Um, it's amazing how much Australia is integrated with Israel in terms of business and, and Wow. Yeah, and investment. I didn't realise. Yeah, big time. I don't massive. hang out
0: in Double Bay enough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same. So maybe I should go there as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, man, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and so, basically, you're... Because when I heard about your product, you've made it for years. But... Um, with a week or two, especially with a background in financial planning, yep. um, you're, what, what's, the, what's the name of the qualification that, and I think you touched on it before, but what is the actual name of the qualification that an advisor can do to become a
1: qualification right? and effectively it is a diploma or, okay. a, or a portion of the deployment in financial services. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that's... Um, Kaplan, and, is it? Sorry. Where do you do it? Uh, ANZIF, ANZIF for the... Oh, ANZIF. Okay. for the um, registered training organisation yep. who issue those certificates. Yeah. Um, they've raised the bar in terms of increasing the standard and, and how difficult it is to get that qualification. Yep. Um, there is a school of thought that that bar needs to continue to rise. <laughs> there is a school of thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, no longer do you just let your name? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um not how to dust the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, ANZIP are really good. They're, they're raising the bar, raising the bar. Good. Um, and combined with LMI, who are the technical knowledge, mm-hmm. um, collectively between those two organisations there, um, they're, they're definitely raising the bar. In, so,
0: so, an advisor could go on to ANZIF.
1: Yep, ANZIF website, Google ANZIF.
0: And then uh, do a do a, a tier one qualification. Yep, and that gives them the ability to write general insurance
1: uh, uh, products. Yeah. So fantastic. So you, I don't think it's solid. You'd have to organise with licensing to make sure that you are, have the right licensing. Okay, so, so who yeah. do you get licensing through? Um, you would approach one of the what do I what do I say? Yeah, I'm trying to be <laughs> political. political uh, you approach one of the um, there's different cluster groups, right? And there's different licensees, so you can go to like a insurance advisor net, okay, or an advisor group, advisor group, advisor group. That's what it's I'm very part it's of. very Aussie, yeah. It advisors. is advisor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're actually from the South Africa originally. Uh, okay, well, but there's a few different ones out there and right. what you can do is um, I'm not sure if you'd be able to extend the existing life insurance um, or you'd apply for a new authorized representative arrangement right. through an existing license, know, license either the ones I've just rattled off or, yep. or any others. Um, and then you're allowed to go out and do business. I'm not sure if you have to get with the tier one X amount of experience under your belt Oh, okay, is
0: there a way to get around that? Do you just do a tier two, and you don't have to get experience?
1: Um, tier one, it goes tier two, then tier one, and then diploma. Oh, go it starts at tier two, yeah. then goes tier one. Um, oh, okay, and then might and be yeah, right. counterintuitive, but right, that's right. the way it works. Right, okay. Um, so yeah, it's all on the ends of website. So I okay. definitely encourage anyone to wanting to suss it out is to jump yeah. on the ends of website. There's an organisation also called the National Insurance Brokers Association, right? NIBA, NIBA. and they um, they provide a lot of information on their website too.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. And so, do a qualification. Uh, yeah, maybe they need some experience. That might be that might trip some people up if they if they need some experience. Yeah, so, it'd
1: be good to be good to. Um, determine whether that's required or not. I mean, yeah. you'd like to think it is in terms of, being able to just go out there and provide advice in the general GI space. But yes, yes you would think that potentially if they had experience in the life space, then that would count as good. Yeah. And they can hit the ground running. And- but they could probably
0: call Nebo regardless, right? And find out? Yes. Probably something like that. Yeah. Ends up, yep. yep. Um, okay, cool. And then get a license through advisor. Yeah, advisors. Yeah, yeah. The, the SAFA Aussies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then after they've done all that, then they basically download MANA. M-A-N-N-E-R, yeah. right? Yeah, dot and I-O. Dot I-O. And that is the tech platform that makes the new job easy, right? Very much. Okay, cool. Mate, cheers. No Thanks for friends. coming on. Like, it, the, uh, General insurance is not something that advisors, in my experience, talk about at all, yeah,
1: sure. but
0: we do know it's A, profitable, and yeah. B, by the sounds of it, potentially even easier than what advisors are already doing in the life insurance space. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, basically the message is, uh, if you're looking to extend your reach as per um, what you can provide for your clients, lateral business opportunities, increase your revenue, you can um, go through what we've talked about here with Simon today.
1: Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. Pleasure, no worries at all. Cheers. Cheers, buddy.